I was scheduled to meet Vin for a conversation and I met him. He has a, a gym that is dedicated to fast that uh, he uses to motivate himself to, to kind of prepare to be dumb. We just started talking about life and our values and perspectives and that morphed more into conversations about the movies. And we're just talking like two human beings, but inside. <laughs> One, it's the first time I've ever met Vin Diesel, so this is crazy. <laughs> two, I'm kind of also talking to Dom Toretto and like what the F is going on. And then afterwards, he's not afterwards, during, he kind of puts on his phone and kind of welcomes me into the family, but doesn't. And I don't, I just don't know what's going on. Literally remember seeing the cross for the first time. I'm like, what, what's going on? It's just, it's, it's otherworldly. It's, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I came here to take you down, little brother. That's your mistake. This is my world. Ask any podcaster, any real podcaster. It doesn't matter if you record in person or over video chat. Podcasting's podcasting. Welcome back to EW's Binge of the Fast Saga, full transcripts of which are available on EW.com. I'm Derek Lawrence, a.k.a. the guy who went as Dominic Toretto for two straight Halloweens. As that icon once said, the most important thing in life will always be the people in this Zoom, right here, right now. And for me, that's the Dom to my Brian, the Letty to my Mia, the Roman to my Tej, the Giselle to my Han, the Ramsey to my Queenie, and new addition alert, the Jacob to my Cypher, Chanel Berlin Johnson. Chanel, we've made it. It's finally time to talk. F9. Uh, I mean, the road has been long and beautiful and so excited to finally be here and get to talk about this movie, which they always find a way to up the ante. I mean, we talked in the when we were talking about eight, we talked about the way that they just had like a crazy hook that was like immediately. All right, let's do it. And they've done it again here. A long lost Toretto. What could be wilder? I, I mean, like I said, every, I'm, the, the question everyone's been asking out there is like, how is the guy who's always preaching about family? have some family that we've never heard of Yeah, on top of it, a brother, which <laughs> I, we're, about, we're about to find out. That's for sure. Before we do, as a refresher for any new listeners, you know, in case you're boycotting the franchise until Twinkie returned, we're, we're binging all of the fast movies with the family themselves. We've already chatted about the first eight installments, so you can go back and check out our interviews with Vin Diesel, Ludacris, Lucas Black, Justin Lin, Jordana Brewster, Sung Kang, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, and Natalie Emanuel. I mean, we said it last week, but like still, I can't, I can't believe it. we got the whole family. Like, yeah. I don't know. Unless, unless, maybe we can get Bow Wow for a special episode. I mean, I just took a little <laughs> kind of shot at Twinkie, but you know, I would love to have Bow Wow on. So maybe let, that would really just be the, icing on top of the cake wouldn't it oh i think so like that's that's uh, a special one especially i mean like a surprise for people that he's back in f9 like it would be really nice and it's crazy to listen to that list and just marvel that we've been able to do this with all of these people i mean we're just two geeks about this franchise and we're lucky enough to have them all talk to us and it's still mind-blowing yeah i'm sure at the uh whenever we're on the last episode at least until f f10 we'll uh I'm sure we'll get emotional. So we'll, we'll save that <laughs> yeah. until then. Um, but today's going to be a little different than a normal episode. O- on past installments, we went full spoilers, digging deep into the specifics of each film. But with this conversation dropping on June 25th, the glorious day that F9 is released, and we, we know the world, you know, what's going on. Like, it's still not everyone, you know, maybe feels comfortable immediately going into a movie theater. You know, even though I will say, like, this movie's already made, like, $300 million around the world. So, like, plenty cool. of people have already seen it. So, shout out to our listeners not in the U.S. Uh, thank yeah. you for listening and uh, stay tuned for more we have coming. So, with this episode being more of an F9 preview and primer, who better to do that with than the newest Toretto, John Cena? Yes. But... As I, as I just teased, don't worry, we'll be back next week with an all-spoiler F9 episode, and there'll be so much to be discussed that will be joined by multiple members of the family. I'm not going to say who, who yet, but oh, you're, you're in for some, a couple treats, so <laughs> yeah. uh, keep tuning in. But Chanel, before we get into our chat with John, who, against all odds, we actually could see what do people <laughs> need to know going into F9. All right, well, keep it simple and more teasy since we don't want to get into spoilers here, of course. So uh, the movie's brand new. So of course, like we said, just when the Toretto's think they might be out of the game, Dom and Mia's estranged brother Jacob pulls them right back in. Um, and the team is tasked with stopping him. And of course, Cypher's villainy still looms large, although it's not entirely clear to us how uh, yet. Because of the adventure, the family also finds out that Han is still alive. Another yes, just shocker's yes. back in. Uh, so we know we're going 
going to see how that unravels. And we also know that for some reason, because of all this, they end up going to space. <laughs> so some huge things coming in F9. And we also, plus like Vin Diesel told us way back in episode one of our binge pod here, that there's a lot in this movie that directly ties back to the first film of the franchise. So stick around to see how that unfolds as well. Lots of secrets, twists and turns, uh, huge, huge adventure with F9. I mean, last week I complimented you on like how much you you pack into these, uh, you know, summaries of each movie. And this one's like, all right, like, yeah, you're like, I'm going to keep this simple. You know, I can't, I'm not getting into the details. And yet still, you, you know, we get a long lost brother, uh, super spy brother at that. Yeah. Um, Han being alive and in space and then apparently an origin story like you so even well done chanel like still even with not so much to work with you still managed to uh to work with a lot so there's a and i mean justin lynn told us even with like the two supersized trailers that we've had that there's so much more in these movies so just imagine what we don't know yet <laughs> Th- that's true so you can de- definitely go back to past episodes that we've f9's come up on every single one um mm-hmm. so there's been plenty of hints dropped i mean justin lynn declared f9 the best fast movie yet yeah so man that's and as we as we talked about with him and with Ludacris, who's the one who first told us that tidbit like justin's not a guy we've talked to him a lot of times now like he wouldn't just say something to say something so like he really truly believes that so we can't wait to um see if he's right i mean i i hope he is like that's a bold (laughs) statement though to make when you've uh put fast five into the world so i'll just i'll just leave it at that um but all right let's now right into our interview with john cena no awards this week we'll be back uh with our special episode and, and we'll do that then so now john cena himself your whole life you pushed yourself to be faster than don stronger than don but could you kill him because i'm ready if you are for the first eight Fast and Furious movies, we couldn't see John Cena, but now he's more visible than ever. John, welcome to our binge of Fast. Thank you. I don't know how many comments are going to be like, you're talking to no one. There's just a chair and a green screen. I welcome them all. <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be so many, but I, I brought I them on. The power of invisibility to Fast. Uh, we, we needed that. There was so much other uh, superhero stuff seeming like going on in the last few films. So we needed that invisibility added to the franchise. Um, well, yeah, like I said, really excited to talk to you about F9. Um, already was a highly anticipated movie, but only even more so now after the last you know year plus after that first trailer dropped. Um, so we're, we're, we're almost there. We're, we're excited for it. Um, what's it been like for you, kind of the wait for this? Like, you know, that trailer drops. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he's playing you know, Dobbs brother, you know, another Toretto. And then it's like, Oh no, you have to wait for another 16 months or whatever. So re- yeah, rewind two Super Bowls ago. And we, <laughs> we, we dropped this intense trailer that still leaves so much movie left. And in it, you find out that Han is back and that Dom Toretto has a brother. So you, you get all of these questions and all this excitement, which is traditional around the release of a fast film and all this buzz and then we we grab and hold on to the e-brake. And now we're in a stop down. Um, I think uh, the, the crew at Fast uh, have put together a tremendous trailer that has revitalized everybody and got that energy and that buzz. That compounded with the fact that we're in, um, you know, we're making great strides to, to a more safer, responsible environment. And it, it does seem as if we're ready to go back and enjoy cinema again. And I couldn't think of a better vehicle, absolute pun intended, uh, to get people to come together. This movie is about family. This is a blockbuster movie. It delivers everything you'd want in a night at the movies and kind of symbolizes what going to the movies is all about. It gets people from all different walks of life together to, to be entertained and go on a zany adventure. We've, uh, you kind of just did a little bit there, but we've been starting each of these episodes by, you know, quoting those famous words of Dominic Toretto. You know, he lives his life a quarter mile of time for those 10 seconds or less. He's free. How would you sum up F9 in 10 seconds or less? Absolute blockbuster delivers on every, every thing that you'd want out of a cinema experience. It needs to be seen in theaters. And I'm so glad we can go back and see it in theaters. Yeah. Perfect. We've been waiting since, uh, I mean, even more than two Super Bowls ago. It's, you know, since the minute we knew this was coming. Um, before we dive into the kind of the present of, of Fast and Furious, I want to go back uh, to a simpler time. I actually ended up, uh, I interviewed you for block, for Blockers back in March 2018. And we were talking and I, and I told you, I was like, there was a Fast and Furious joke in Blockers. 
And I had told you, I was like, I was like, I can't not now picture you in a Fast and Furious movie. Like we need that to happen. And, you know, you said it's like, obviously that's out of my control, but like, that would be a dream come true. Now, here we are. You've made a Fast and Furious movie. Not only have you made one, you are a Toretto. Like, what's it like, like knowing that dream came true? I first guess I have to thank Ike Barinholtz and Leslie Mann because <laughs> they joked about uh, the Fast and the Furious and what a, what a great uh, parody that was. You know, they tried to channel their inner Dom Toretto and it went horribly wrong and it, it made for some good laughs. Um, it's, this, is, this is all surreal, man. All of it. It's a, it's a dream come true. And it's a, it's such a life-changing opportunity and um, to, to be invited. I've, I've never had anything like this to be invited in a legacy body of work that is already tremendously successful and the world already anticipates. I'm, I, I, I really put my heart and soul into this and I'm very, very proud of what's going to show up on screen, but this movie is a success without me. And that's a testament to the cast and crew that have spent 20 years forging this legacy. I don't take that lightly. The, the invite has weight and it has tremendous perspective. And um, I, I, I really hope everyone sees the movie and, and thinks my contribution did justice to the, to the legacy this fast. I think people are absolutely going to be satisfied and like excited to see you in this film. And saying it was a dream really implies to me that like you sound like you were a fan of the films before that. So what was your relationship to the fast franchise before? Like, were you seeing the movies and dreaming of being it? Like, so uh, it's, it's weird. Um, And kind of growing up and evolving as the fast franchise has, I kind of grew up and evolved with it. I was drawn initially to the first one and Tokyo drift because I'm a car freak. So it, it captured my heart when it went after the, the zeitgeist of uh, the tuner market, the import market, uh, pitting American muscle versus tuners, the whole street racing philosophy. I love cars. And that's to me, that's what one in three kind of signified. I still think one of the most powerful scenes in the franchise is when Dom pulls up at the end of Drift. And you know, yes. like, because, you know, as a viewer, you think, one was one was a movie. Two, they went in a bit of a different direction with a different narrative, and then three, they chose another different direction. So you're kind of thinking, like, okay, is, is this it? This is the this is the end. This is how it's going to end. To see that one scene at the end of Drift is like, this is far from over. And then after that, the franchise kind of took on a life of its own to be more global, to be more action based. But then again, I. I was kind of traveling a similar path, trying to, to be a global entertainer. Right. So I can understand the moves the franchise made and, and the fact that it grew and it's, it's bigger now than it ever has been. Um, but I'm more partial to the ones we all have our reasons for following. I'm more partial to the ones that focused around cars. And I always get giddy when they showcase cars in any fast movie, even uh, Tyrese's poor choice of a Lamborghini. In the ice <laughs> <outrun itself. Right. laughs> Stuff like that is, is really fun for me to see. Did you get to participate? Like Vin told us they always audition the cars. Did you get to participate in that at all? Or did you just sort of show up and it was chosen for you? So I think those who can weigh in on what they drive, uh, I, that's, that's probably a seniority seat. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> for somebody to be like, hey, man, you're going to be in F9 and here's the keys to a car. It could have been for lack of a better term and pardon my French, a shit box (laughs) and drove it and tried to drive the wheels off. So I, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I I didn't want to overstep my bounds and kind of stay in my lane respectively, but I'm, I'm very glad with, with what I got to drive and what I got to see on set. Yeah. Take us back to So obviously you're a fan, but like when this opportunity comes your way, like how was it presented? Like, what was your reaction to it? Because I know like shortly before it came official, you know, you met with Vin and he kind of put it yeah. out into the universe that maybe before it was fully real. So like, just take us back through the whole process of it coming your way and you eventually, you know, becoming Jacob. Yeah. So, um, I was, I was scheduled to meet Vin for a conversation and I met him. He has a, a gym that is dedicated to fast that, uh, he uses to motivate himself to, to kind of prepare to be Dom. And we just started talking, man. You know, we just started talking about life and our values and perspectives. And that morphed more into conversations about the movies. And we're just talking like two, two human beings, but inside. 
One, it's the first time I've ever met Vin Diesel, so this is crazy. <laughs> Two, I'm kind of also talking to Dom Toretto and like, what the f is going on? And then afterwards, he's he kind of walks me like not afterwards during he kind of puts on his phone and kind of welcomes me into the family, but doesn't. And I don't, I just don't know what's going on. And I never expected anything more than to sit down and, and talk with a dude whom I admire. I admire his body of work. Uh, I, I think the film sends wonderful messages. You know, he's entertained the world for 20 years. Me as an, like I said, as a, as an entertainer, that's somebody I can learn from. That's somebody I can, you know, gain wisdom from just share perspectives that maybe other people can't in a certain conversation. I thought it was a great time. And then from that to where we are now, like, it's crazy. It's Don Toretto. Like, the, I rem <laughs> literally remember seeing the cross for the first time. I'm like, what, what's going on? It's just, it's, it's otherworldly. It's, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine it. What's it like when, you know, I think even in that video, and he's, he said it since, he kind of, you know, referenced Paul. He's like, he almost felt like, you know, Paul, you know, sent you, his way, which is like obviously someone who was a fan of the franchise and knows how important Paul was to it. When you hear him say something like that, like kind of what does that mean to you? So, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to conceptualize something like that. Uh, I never had the chance to meet Paul. I don't know what the relationship between everyone was, but I, man, the outpouring of emotion for this individual that had such dedication to the franchise, to his craft, to fans, to cars. Um, it, 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 it's not lost on me. You know, um, it, it, the, the invite itself comes with expectations. When someone who was close to a, mem a member of the Fast family, so loved and so admired, brings up that and puts that in perspective, you immediately no days off. Like there wasn't before, but immediately it's like, okay, man, please even on those days that are tough and you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, leave it all in the lens. And, and there are now tremendous expectations set on your shoulders. And that, that's the way I like it. But I mean, what a, what an unbelievable thing for someone to say. That's it. It's, it's surreal. It's, it's, it's very difficult to conceptualize. At the same time too, like first you get the compare or not the comparison, but the invocation of Paul. And then also you're brought in and find out you're going to be a Toretto. Like that's like double whammy of sort of pressure and, and also faith in you. So when did you find out exactly like what character they wanted you to play and what was your initial sort of reaction to that? So things kind of got shot out of a cannon after that meeting with Vin and they started moving real fast and uh, fast. And uh, <laughs> they, they announced to me that I would be in the family and they sent me the script and they said I would, you know, they wanted me to specifically read Jacob and you read very early on that Jacob is a Toretto. So I'm not getting invited to the franchise to just to be a standalone character or a character that needs to be developed. The last name alone right. is going to let viewers around the world ask questions. Like it's already teed up. So not only are you getting an invite to this globally successful brand and franchise that, like I said, with or without me, they're going to crush. I get to be a Toretto. And yes, there's a lot of leaning into that story in F9, which is fantastic. But even if they don't, like that's set up on a T. It, it couldn't be more perfect. But once again, it also comes with tremendous expectations. Yeah, I remember talking to Justin when the trailer came out and he's like, yeah, he's like, I was really when, when we came up with the idea of introducing like an exploring family actually through bloodlines for the first real time, like I was really excited. But then he's like, I woke up the next morning. I was like, oh, I was I was like scared shitless. I was like, who's who's going to be a Toretto? Um, so <laughs> what were those conversations like with, with Justin and like kind of try to figure out, like, how do I become a Toretto? You know, so I have the greatest sources of wisdom and perspective to sit under Justin and Vin and the rest of the cast. Like it wasn't, um, this isn't like a spinoff film where I'm, I'm a Toretto by myself. This really, I got to sit with the people that, that created this and have been heavily involved in crafting it. And from Justin's perspective, someone who really found their way back to the franchise because they wanted to tell all these stories and tie up all these loose ends. So it, in that regard, it, 
it wasn't really challenging. It was more fun to explore the dynamic between brother versus brother, to talk about possibly the backstories. I mean, that's all creative stuff that you could go on and on and on about. But I guess basically my point is I was put in the most informative, uh, welcoming, encouraging environment that I could have possibly been put in with the heartbeat of Fast and Vin and someone like Justin who found his way back to the franchise because it's a story he desperately wants to tell. I, I couldn't have been in a better situation creatively. I mean, Vin's someone who really um, is, is, he thinks a lot about these characters. I mean, you mentioned like his garage and like kind of like helping him get in the mindset of Dom. So he, I'm sure he had a lot of thoughts about th- these brothers and this relationship. So like, obviously you guys had a great relationship, but what was the, those conversations like with Vin specifically about c- trying to discover who these brothers are together and separately? It was great. Like I said, Vin has all the wisdom accrued of two decades worth of investing in into this. I completely understand his perspective and his methods because for 20 years, I'm John Cena. And, and you, you do need a chance. You know, there is a normal human being. There's a, there's a person underneath every persona. You do need a chance to kind of just get up to speed as that persona. And we all have our different methods. But Dom is somebody so universally recognized. I ball cap, a jorts, jorts and a t-shirt. I know what that's like. So I totally get the perspective and the process and all that. When it came down to conversations, it would start with like a wide range of talking about my family, talking about his family, talking about what do we, what do we think fights in families are? What do we think um, reconciliations in families are like? Why do people do this? Uh, like, all these open-ended questions. And then we would just begin to, to cleave off sections and narrow down and narrow down and narrow down. And as someone who's trying to hone my skills as, as an actor, I mean, I, I really do feel comfortable in a WWE ring. That's kind of where I got my 10,000 hours. I'm still very much a, a rookie in this. To be able to, to be a wingman or sit under the learning tree under that creative process, it, it just makes, makes me better. It completely made me better. At the same time, um, talking about like being in the WWE ring, you're used to performing stunts and stuff, but then you get on like this huge fast set and you've done other action movies too. Is there like a moment where you sort of have to adjust to seeing it on the script and then you get there and it's like, oh, I got to perform this thing that's like high in the air or these car tricks or anything like that. What is that like? Uh, no, I never, I never would. And, and action in film is so much different than live action performance it's um you know in wwe it it happens as it happens and there is no going wrong because you see what you see uh in film not only if something isn't perfect you you continue to attack it until it's perfect but when it's perfect you then have to attack it from multiple angles so you, you i mean it is arduous and you are beat up because it is not just 30 minutes of action and that's a long performance in wwe it's weeks you know the the confrontation between vin and i was discussed that it had to have certain elements and it was very is very arduous and very long but i don't you know i don't regret any of it it's just um i also take every professional's word for what i can and can't accomplish i'm working with people who make what's on screen like the mythical seem every day so when they say hey we're going to do this and we need you and we're going to do this and you're going to sit this one out, pal. I completely uh, trust like all second unit, all stunt performers. In fact, they're, they're literally the, the, the best. What they do is unbelievable. So it's, it's, it's two, two very different attitudes. I'm still kind of adjusting to the way action is done in, in film, but I understand it. And that was something I struggled with early on. Is that something that you get help to from the other cast members as well? Like, cause they've, done all of this over and over and gotten bigger with the franchise did they have like tips and stuff for you or or I don't know, like advice every day on set uh every day on set and when we got to hang out offset uh, you know when the cameras weren't rolling and this is obviously pre-pandemic mm-hmm. um those were the most special times because everyone in the ca- like i'm i'm the new guy so i'm just kind of eyes and ears open and and even when we're hanging out like when, when Vin gets everybody together, every person made it a point to come up to me, to ask questions, 
to, to tell uh, anything that was on their mind. And I, I mean, I love conversation. So I really held those moments close. And there's a bunch of different personalities on set. There are people who are more intrinsic. There are people who are more extroverted, but every single person put it upon themselves to spend time with me and to, to um, put into perspective what was going on, where, where they held this body of work in their mind and in their heart and moving forward, hoping we can make it the best we can. And I think that's what the, the common goal that everyone shares. You have all these diverse personalities from different walks of life, but they all just want to make a great movie. What's it like? You, you talk about all these conversations you had with Vin or Justin, but for yourself in preparing to play Jacob, like obviously Dom is such a larger than life character. You know, we've been watching him for 20 years. Um, so coming in as, as his brother, like, did you feel like you had to, to be like Vin at all or like Dom? Or was the whole point of the character being, you know, kind of totally different, that kind of the, the yin to his yang? Like what were, as you're preparing just on your own, what were your thoughts in that way? So, uh, like I said, uh, creativity is an open, open process. It's kind of like making soup. Everybody has their own recipe. Mine was to take chances and, and not be afraid and then listen to the feedback I was given. If I um, took a chance on a personality trait or a reaction or a delivery of something that I thought was, this is what I think I'm reading, and then they say cut, and if Vin or Justin or whomever comes over and be like, okay, great, can, could you try this? Or what do you think about something like this? I wouldn't marry myself to that one concept just because it was my perspective. I think there's a lot to be learned in, in life looking at s- similar instances from different perspectives. And I got to hand it to, to Justin, Vin, and everyone else. They allowed me that room to take those chances. I was first introduced to that kind of concept, not, in the, not only in a WWE ring where you get to improvise, but Judd Apatow and Amy Schumer were very instrumental in allowing me to improvise and take chances. And a lot of the stuff I did was not funny, but out of all the not funny stuff, they got about six minutes of good laughs. <laughs> so like it was their encouragement to be like, you, just go for it. And that same sort of environment, that same sort of protective environment is in fast. They, they allow you to go for it, but they also, it's open dialogue of like, Hey, this is, this was my perspective. Explain yours. There's a, there's a lot of open conversation about what we're trying to achieve. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Now let's get back to the interview. For this, you also talked about, I know in the past you talked about you get to play like good guy roles and stuff. And this is the first one, I think, where you're like pretty firmly set up as an antagonist. So does that change how you approach things as well? Or do you still start from the same place of like, you know, Jacob clearly believes in what he's doing and then kind of work backwards? How does that work for you? That's a, that's a great question and a great perspective. Um, I've, I've told the live action story of good versus evil for a long time. And as, as a good guy even amidst um, a polarizing audience reaction, you still have to understand the main characteristics of a good guy. And Mm. to understand that, you also have to understand the main characteristics of what you want out of a bad guy or, you know, an antagonist. And I believe the most important thing to the antagonist is they believe what they're doing is right. And everyone else is wrong. Universally accepted of like, what does this person think they're doing? But this person has truth and enough truth to their argument to justify their actions, but they are doing harm. Mm-hmm. And they, they're the only ones that can't, can't see that and everyone else can't. So I started there of what I'm, what I'm doing has purpose and has truth behind it. Just everyone else is wrong and they don't see it. And that was a good place to start and then kind of working backwards to, to provide what I thought was needed to be a good antagonist. I kind of appreciated that it felt like a nice contrast to the first movie where it's like, you know, Dom's kind of set up as the bad guy, you know, in, in that first film. And, you know, obviously he doesn't view himself that way. And by the end, he's not either. Um, but for you coming in as this literal like blood rival, why did you think Jacob felt like the, the perfect test at this point for, for Dom? So what a, what a, first of all, what a cool perspective on a nine film character arc. And I think yeah. that's, that's like what's really special about fast. If you've never seen a fast movie before, you can go to F9 and be blown away. 
And like, you won't be scratching your head about like, I don't get it. I, like, what are they doing? You'll just go and have a fun blockbuster ride and enjoy the movie. But if you want to take a look at it, like you're looking at it, like, wow, it's taken an arc of nine movies to kind of come full circle with Dom. But is this what they were up to all along? Like, did have they written this yeah. tale? It's really cool to, to dive into that. And that's where I think uh, Vin and, and somebody like Justin are, are really special because they don't leave those ropes hanging. They, they try to tie everything up so you as the viewer can get as invested as you want. And I think um, the juxtaposition between personalities between Dom and Jacob is extremely important. And to me, the subtext of Dom's greatest obstacle is his past. I think that there's, there's something huge there and there's something that can be taken away from Heck, man, a lot of stuff that holds us back in life is our inability to jump. And a lot of the inability to jump comes from us not being able to admit what happened in the past. I think that there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there if you want. Or if you just want to go out and watch a great action movie, you can do that too. So, Yeah, I remember Vin, Vin telling us, he's like, yeah, he, we were talking to him about the first movie. And he's like, yeah, the cool thing is like F9, you're going to be able to understand that first movie even more after F9, which like he says, kind of mind-blowing. 20 years later, you're like, this is like the ultimate long game um, that they pulled off. And, you know, when I say they've, they've been doing this for 20 years, like we're literally at the 20 year anniversary. So you've talked a lot about how great the family was welcoming you in, but what's the challenge in They're So they know these characters so well, you know, Vin, Michelle, Jordana. Um, so you're coming in and you're still trying to figure out who Jacob is, like what makes him tick, all of those things. So what's it like, you know, kind of working opposite them in that way. And like I said, obviously it sounds like they're really helpful. They were tremendously helpful and, and easy because you, I'm not starting from scratch and everyone could give an anecdote about, or most everyone could give an anecdote about how this character had affected their backstory. And th these are mo thoughts that they've only had to consider just recently because, you know, Jacob was just brought into the fold just recently, but every one of them is so into it that they would offer like, well, you know, we ever considered that this happened or, or maybe something like this. And that spawns a whole new track of thought to explain the behavior that's written in the words. And it, everyone was super helpful. Man. At the same time with that too, like uh, there's obviously another Toretto sibling, Jordana Brewster is in F9. Obviously you don't want to get too deep into exactly what happens, but uh, can you, I guess, talk a little about working with her and then trying to develop at least that relationship between Jacob and Mia and, you know, without, without giving too much. Uh, Jordana was great. And I think you now have three bloodline personalities, three bloodline Toretto personalities, each with a different form of expression. And in those moments where Dom shows something, but hides something and Jacob shows something, but can't confront something, Mia can be that that glue, Mia can be that midpoint. It's, uh, she, she has a different form of, of presentation and is, is invested and loving so much in the family. It's, I don't know, she's, she's so needed and so wonderful. And it was a pleasure working with her. And it's just, that, that's another moment where I was like starstruck. Uh, but it, it, I think when you take the Toretto siblings in totality, especially in, in F9, um, it begins to become more exciting, as you said, as we kind of continue to tell the story on this, this long game that is the legacy of Fast. Yeah, it felt like I was, I know I, the fans were all excited when we're like, oh, she's going to be back because obviously she, she wasn't in Fate of the Furious for, for obvious reasons, but it, like it would have felt weird if like the other, because it's like, yeah, this is Dawes' brother, but this is also Mia's brother as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. What would you say? I like obviously what uh, I feel like when the trailer came out and it's like, oh, you know, that moment of, you know, Letty revealing that, you know, Jacob is Dom's brother. Very great dramatic moment in the trailer, the, the pause that we get. But uh, what would you say? Like, obviously, everyone's like, man, this guy is obsessed with family. Like, how, how have we never heard about, you know, this long lost bro brother again? We'll get the answers out there. But like for people coming in that are like, wait, what the heck's going on? Like, how would you kind of tee that up for them? Oh, sure. I think. And this is something that if you've never watched a Fast film before, um, Fast has done so well in its eight installments. And I think this is the reason that it continues to grow uh, and have reach around the world is that even in the very first one, 
it approached the concept of family are those people that you love. They don't necessarily have to have your last name. They're the people that you love, are, are loyal to you, you're loyal to them. You all have the same purposes and values, and you can come from all different walks of life. When you watch the first Fast, this is a film that literally heralded inclusivity and diversity. You know, they, they, were, they were really early adapters to those philosophies. And, I, and it, wasn't, um, it wasn't forced. It's like super organic because of the nature of street racing culture. It brings everyone together. Car culture essentially brings us all together because it's something that cars and transportation affect all of our lives. So this franchise that was built off of street race, racing culture was, you know, who, whoever knew it was going to blow up to be something like this really did embrace inclusivity and the concept of family are those closest to you. And I think film after film after film, barbecue after barbecue, that's the important concept of being thankful to have people around you that you love, trust, and believe in, and that believe in you. And like, that's, to me, that's a, that's a super important concept of the film. So with F9 and Suicide Squad and Vacation Friends, like you got a lot lined up right now. And have you even had time to fully like fathom just like how crazy this next few months, next year is going to be for you and like people seeing you all in these big projects? Like what are, what are you feeling, I guess, right now on the cusp of all of these releases? Uh, thanks for asking. That's, um, that's, that's an interesting perspective. I always try to... Uh, to, to be as present as I can. And there's not a, there's not a day goes by where I don't take a, at least a moment in the day and, and realize how lucky I am and how fortunate I am. And um, I, I really just try to do the best I can with, with every opportunity. I think uh, my past work speaks for itself. I'm, I'm very passionate and dedicated to things I choose to apply myself to. So um, I, I know I'm, there'll be a whole lot more failures than there will success. And, and that's just the, the nature of, of human existence. You, you, we go through a lot more hardship than we have high points. So um, I hope all these things go well and, and um, we'll, we'll release them to the world and uh, how they're accepted. We'll craft the next series of opportunities and then I'll, I'll go from there. We, we, um, we say how long this cast has been together. But it, but it also feels like Fast loves to bring someone in and kind of let them cook. Like, you know, like The Rock shows up in Fast Five and you're just like, like his in, intro is legendary. It's, it's I, I watch it every time. I, I die laughing. I'm, I'm so pumped. And Jason Statham for seven. Charlize Theron for eight. So like you're coming in here and it feels like you, you're adding this new energy like, like they did. Like it's like this new jolt. Um, did you kind of look at it that way too? Like, obviously you're coming in and you're like, I'm part of the family. This is their thing. You know, they've been here, but do you also kind of look at it from that perspective too, that you can bring this maybe, you know, new energy to it? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I think so. I just, like I said, this, this movie is a success without me. So I think understanding that and have a, having a great understanding of, fast is going to be fast. It's, it's not, it's not going to be, nor does it need to be the John Cena show that really lets, allows me to be, to contribute to fast the best I can. And like I said, it allows me to, to take chances and, and be bold and um, be, be the best Jacob Toretto that I possibly can be. Uh, I, I really looked at this opportunity, not trying to change the world, because the world isn't broken. I'm trying to add to it. You know, I'm trying to make a contribution that, that adds to the success of the franchise. And whether that's um, just for standalone F9 or whether it has a future, that's, that's beyond my control. That's like the conversation we had at uh, the Blockers interview. But I, I got a chance and I really think I did a good job understanding of what the opportunity was and the perspective that I should take. And hopefully everybody enjoys you mentioned earlier the kind of the the significance of the chain, like when you saw that the necklace for the first time. Um, so it was like you you put you see it on on you know Vin and you have you know he's wearing it, but then what happens when you put that on for the first time and you're like you know staring down at you know Vin as Dom on set? Like what was that? Take us back to that moment. That's uh, man, it's it's tough to put that into words especially when, and, and someone who isn't dedicated to the franchise and isn't a, a long follower doesn't understand that. 
but I, I just ask them and maybe trying to send a message to people who can't conceptualize that. Think of the thing you're the most passionate about. Think of the thing you're the most dedicated to. Think of the show or the form of entertainment, uh, music or whatever. Think of the pinnacle of that. And then in your first chance, in your first opportunity, you come face to face with the pinnacle of that which you are passionate about. And you are given a relic that defines that pinnacle. And you are treated as equals, or in some cases, greater than, in your first chance. Surreal. Surreal. I always compare everything to WWE. That would be like face-to-face with The Rock, face-to-face with Undertaker, face-to-face with Vince McMahon, and then being worried. Like, there's, it, that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It was... It was surreal, man. From our perspective, I can just tell you just seeing it, even in the trailer, like it's it's awesome and it makes total sense and it just felt right seeing it. Um, I wanted to go back really quick because Derek mentioned, of course, like bringing in other characters and there is at least like a little bit. We get a tiny view of you and uh, Charlize Theron's character, like don't really obviously know what kind of totally unfolds there. But what also was it like working with her? <laughs> um, that was a very special experience. She is tremendously gifted and is a person who is on, a, on another level in aspects of performance. Being able to work with someone like that, um, I, I've worked, and, and so, I'm so sorry that I uh, talk about WWE so much, but I kind of am on, I've, I feel I'm on like a similar learning trajectory. Um, I got to work with a lot of experienced performers in WWE and that's how I gained my instincts. And I just shut my mouth and listened. And I took the same sort of learning tree approach with everyone on fast, but Charlize especially is like just so, so talented. And just being around her when she does her thing makes me better. Like that's how good she is. I just have to sit there and shut up and let her perform. And by me being associated with that performance, it makes me better. And also in doing so, I could learn a tremendous amount from watching her perform. It was what a luxury that was. It's kind of insane. Like, you know, we, we know the usual cast in these movies, but then I, every time I think about it, I'm like, wait a minute, Charlize Theron, Helen Mirren and Kurt Russell, like are in this movie on top of everyone else. It's, it's real insanity. And what I love about Charlize in these movies, like she knows the movie she's in, you know what I mean? Like she can go do all sorts of different things, but she doesn't show up like doing, you know, what she would do in, you know, some, you know, Oscar, you know, bait type movie. She's like, I'm in this action movie. And like, this is how I fit into it. Um, which is obviously the sign of a great actor. Um, you mentioned coming face to face with the rock, you know, in your WWE kind of uh, comparison. I remember when we had that blockers conversation, like his name came up. Cause obviously he's, you know, become such a big part of this franchise. Have you, have you thrown, I, I know you don't seem like someone who comes in and it's like, you know, making requests and, you know, be like, Oh, I'd love for my character to do this. But like, have you, have you like put your toe in the water of like, Oh, what about, you know, maybe, uh, Jacob and, uh, you know, Hobbs have a quick run in somewhere down the road. No, man. That, like I said, I don't even know if, um, you know, Jacob's future is, is uncertain and that's completely up to the audience. The one thing that fast does extremely well is they listen to their fans. I think justice for Han is a great example of that. Like they, they listen to the global fan base. So I, there's, there's no way for me to even, start it would be such a waste of time and effort and energy and 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 planning expectations that could ultimately just be letdowns you know uh i i just want to enjoy the now and 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 for me the now is you know i've had to wait patiently as we all have uh f9 is is finally coming out in theaters and this thing finally is real and if if jacob toretto is f9 and 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 that's it still what an awesome what an awesome thing, you know, to be able to grab the wheel of an automobile in a fast and furious franchise and be on screen doing that. Like it, that to me is what's in front of me and, and what's important. And I'll, I'll let those who make those decisions figure out where the story goes after. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the fans and are, sorry, are you, are you nervous at all at how people will react to Jacob? Like, cause obviously this is, you know, he's coming into, into the family and causing some trouble. Yeah. So I, I learned from a, a very wise man a long time ago. Um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had 
I've had some fortunate circumstances, but I've also had a lot of setbacks. And during one of those major setbacks, somebody who I consider a, a mentor and a father figure explained to me, uh, he asked me two questions. He said, did you do the absolute best you could? And my answer was yes. He said, did you promote the absolute best you could? I said, my answer was yes. He said, well, what else can you do? You know, if, if I've, I've given everything to the lens, absolutely everything, uh, moments of embarrassment, humility, vulnerability, and let Justin, Vin, and those people who craft the narrative take what I gave them and try to make it the best I can. I love the movie. And that's why I'm sitting here talking to you today. That's why I've been in this chair, in this green void, and I'll continue <laughs> to do so until this thing comes out and we can get as many people back in cinemas as we possibly can. So I've done my best. I've patiently waited. And now it's time to, to tell everybody about it and get that fast buzz back in the air and get people excited to go in the cinemas. And if they see it and they ain't ready for it, that's, that's nothing. There's really nothing more I could do. You know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, early on you being a big Tokyo Drift fan. So what's it like? You, you start reading the script and you're reading it for, for Jacob. And then you find out, wait a minute, Hod's coming back too. what, like what that, for you as a, as a big Tokyo Drift fan that had to blow your mind. I, I certainly, I'm not in the business of spoilers, but there's a whole lot more in the movie as well. Like it's this really, it's a really fun ride, you know, in the, and once again, I relate everything to WWE. There's always somebody who tries to get information beforehand. And I never understood that because like the joy of someone sitting there being entertained is why we make the movie is, is yeah. why we essentially have the match. And, and you, we're all in a conversation where we've all experienced that, but man, if, if my words ruin that, if my words keep someone back in their seat instead of move them up to the edge, where's the win in that for me? Yeah. Right. And especially because we've been this patient. Like, <laughs> You're so close. Yeah. Long time, you know, I mean, and knowing you have such a great movie in the bank, you're like, God, man, just get it out there. So it's we're we're so close. And I just, I just don't want to steal anybody's moment. Like I said, if you're, walking into a, a Hollywood blockbuster and you have no experience, I think you're going to have a great time. And if you know the franchise, it's, it's a super fun ride, man. And to see uh, in the trailer, Han come in with his bag of snacks, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. oh, man, that's a, that's a moment. That's a moment. Did you get to spend uh, time with Sun Kang? Cause he's huge into cars also. And also like told us a lot about how, the fast franchise gave him a lot of access to more in car culture. So you talked to him about that and like what you guys could get into from here, even just hanging out. So I think the repeated message you hear about song is he's an amazing human being. And I'll, I'll absolutely be another person that relays that message. He's kind, he listens, he's empathetic. He offers support. Um, and he, and he loves cars. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really good to, to interact with him. We, it, was only, it was only brief, uh, as you'll see in the movie. It's, it's not a lot of interaction, but he really is a, a really good person to talk to and has a tremendous story. And uh, once you find out all that stuff, you're even more glad that he's back. Like, yeah, man, that absolutely justice for Han. So it was, uh, that was a multi-layered approach. And the more you get to know him, I think the more you appreciate it. I've been telling people about, you know, when, when I remember watching the trailer and, you know, this is back when we could actually be in offices and, you know, I had my headphones in, I'm watching the live stream from, from the Super Bowl. And first off, you know, they reveal your, you know, Dom's brother, I lose my mind. And then, you know, you said Han comes in just snacking and I literally like, just, I have my headphones in, I stand up, I'm like screaming. And then like, I look around and everyone's just staring at me because they have no idea what, what, what I was doing. So yeah, that moment just in the trailer, uh, I still, I, as I told Justin, I can't believe they put that much of the trailer. But as he keeps promising, we have even more, you know, still to come. And then when they dropped the second trailer, I watched it thinking like, okay, are they, are they going to give away too much? But the second trailer is just as riveting, just as exciting, just as charged. There's still so much movie left. Man. There's still so much movie left. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, getting excited just talking to you about it. Um, at the top of the conversation, you know, I referenced our, our chat, you know, a couple of years ago about blockers. And you had kind of talked about, you know, and Chanel just referenced like how all these, you know, incredible looking movies that you have coming up. But you said, you know, back, you know, right, maybe 2009 period, you were like, 
okay, I'm just not doing movies again. You just did, you know, yeah. to, in your mind, you didn't think it worked out and it was maybe a, obviously it was part of the WWE kind of model. So like, does that give you some extra, like kind of gratitude, you know, knowing where you are now, looking back to where you were in, in, you know, 2009. Let's, let's just throw this out. I've been given a second chance at the movies. Who the hell gets a first chance? Like it's what's going on. And, and like I said, I'll have a lot more failures than successes. So when I began to pursue roles and the, the initial roles that I found more riveting were comedy roles, roles that I could spoof myself and show another side of myself that I haven't been able to show in WWE. So then I began to look at like, well, why, why am I doing this? Why am I drawn to this? Why do I now have passion for this as well as WWE? I love to tell stories. I don't want to go into the octagon. I want to go into the ring because I love telling stories through action. And I love those narratives. Uh, it is like a mini fast movie. <laughs> we use these, what we, to our disposal, we use the, the greatest tools we can to make the most mythical come to life. And that's what I enjoy. Um, and once I found out I could be comfortable in different characters and be more vulnerable and take more chances, I really have now a passion for, for making film and making content and making TV. It really, I, I just did it for the wrong reasons. And, and I did it for what I felt was the right reasons. If we could make movie stars out of WWE performers, more people would come to WWE events. But all those times I was sitting idly on a movie set from 2004 to 2009, I wanted to be on the canvas. I wanted to be in the ring. I was a young man, stronger than I've ever been in my life, feeling invincible. And I was in a, in a craft that I felt comfortable, that I felt I was gaining my 10,000 hours. So I felt at home. And then I have to be drawn to these sets to, it's a very patient process and one that I've had to develop my own um, perspective towards. But as a 20 something and a 30 something, living the life of a, go to a different city every night, tear it up. Everybody's excited you're there and then do it again and again and again and again, five nights a week, every week, 52 weeks a year, man, I just wanted to be there, you know, and now Physically, I'm a little different. Uh, mentally, I'm certainly a lot more wise. I have a different perspective on everything. And I do love the nuance of film. And I've, I respect the nuance of film. I understand why it takes so long to, to hang that light. And I respect it because it's supposed to look a certain way. And when you watch it on screen, it does feel a certain way. And I've been a part of a lot of bad movies. So like when you try to rush the process, well, you, you get what you get. So once again, I think through failure, I found out who I am and what I'm passionate about. And it's amazing you say that because I, I remember that conversation vividly that I had with the one person who is kind of my one man team. And I remember being like, yo, we're never doing movies again, are we? And he was like, you're right. And, and here we are, you know, it's a, on, the, on an overnight sensation that's taken us 20 years. Kind of going off what we were just talking about, like, again, not to keep referencing, I feel like we had just a, a great blockers conversation, why it keeps coming back up. But like you said, like, it's obviously been a process of like, you know, I guess, pun intended, like people seeing past just, you know, the John Cena, they've come to know, you know, from WWE. And I remember I felt like blockers was a big step because it's like, it, yeah, obviously he's like, you know, this massive man on screen, but like also he just seems like a, a suburban dad who's worried about, you know, his daughter having sex on her prom night. Um, so like, do you feel like you're, you've kind of moved past that? You've been able to shed that or is it still kind of a, you know, ever evolving thing? Man, I hope I never move past it. I think that's, you know, perspective is everything. And uh, yes, I think we all have this um, intrinsic force that we want to be known as our entire selves, not just for what people may think. And that re regardless of profession, I think we all want to be, um, be known for who we are as a whole, rather than just a, a section of, you know, I give you something and you judge who I am off of that something. That's, uh, that's very difficult sometimes. But when you started the interview with like, man, it's just going to be a chair and a green screen. That means something I've done in my life has affected you and has stuck with you. And that's why I, I love the memes. And I love like the internet introduced me to a whole new generation of fans. 
which has allowed me to do what I love for longer than I should be able to do it. That's amazing. And I never, ever want to shake the ball cap wearing t-shirt, double wristband, jorts, sneakers, John Cena. Like that character took me 20 years to evolve. I think, I think a great parallel, especially pertinent to this conversation, would be to ask Vin if he ever wants to shed himself of Dom Toretto. Now, the Dom Toretto arc, you know, cycle of life, everything comes to an end. But I don't think he'll ever get tired or fed up with being known as Dom Toretto because he knows the contribution and his, his work is stuck with people. And that's what we try to do as entertainers. We tell story after story after story and hope something sticks. I, I did set a difficult hurdle for myself by playing one character for 20 years. And that was tough to kind of jump out of. And it took, it took about 10 years for that to matriculate. And even now it's still, people still bring back the relationship, but I never mind it. I hope I never shake it. Like it's, it's part of me. It's part of who I am. It's been a major part of my life. And I just hope my contributions to these characters, to, to Jacob or to Peacemaker or to the dad and blockers or whomever it may be. I, I hope um, people just get lost. And I think that's been my main focus of what I'm trying to do is so people don't look up on the screen and be like, yo, the car is driving itself. I hope they just get lost in the movie. And then if they want to make the joke, you know, uh, a couple of days after they see the movie, but my, 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 my biggest obstacle now is to have them just get lost in the, in the experience of the movie. Talking about evolution for yourself, was there anything in this movie because it sort of requires you to be a like big action force, but also there is that undercurrent of family and pathos throughout these movies. Was there anything about that that felt, did you discover new parts of yourself, I guess, or like your, what you are capable of on camera working with these different people who have been in this world a long time? So I, I believe that uh, we, we don't find opportunity. I believe opportunity finds us and you just have to be prepared and, and be brave enough to take it. Fast found me at the right time in my life. Uh, a time where I certainly am much more vulnerable, I'm much more expressive. I'm much more comfortable about leaning into the uncomfortable. So, um, but, I'm, but I'm also who, who you've come to, to see in your living room every Monday and Friday night for a long period of time. There's also that side to me as well. So I think combining the two elements, you, I really had a lot of fun diving into sibling relationship and blood family at its core and struggles between um, people who bear the same last name. Uh, it was is really cool. I, I, I was kind of on that path of discovery before uh, being invited into fast, but I really got to, to accelerate that process because the story was about essentially, you know, I got four brothers. I can, I can snag little bits and pieces from F9 and, and put my regular life in there. You know, what, um, what would be your, obviously we've talked a lot about the excitement around F9, but like for you knowing it's finally coming and knowing how long, you know, fans have been waiting uh, for this kind of what would be your message to them as we kind of inch towards the, the finish line? It delivers. It's, it's simple. It, it delivers. And, and they, every, everybody's been patient. And we're at such a good point where we feel people can responsibly and safely go back to the cinema and enjoy. And you want that first experience to give you everything you miss about the movies. F9 delivers flat out, straight up. It delivers. It really does. I, w- I will say I w- I've still been, I wish we could have found like a pun or something for, for F9. You know what I mean? Like that too, a too fast, too furious type or fate of the furious type situation. I, I, I kept brainstorming on my end, but I never landed on anything. So I can't also be, be mad about it in that way. You know? Well, maybe someday we'll talk again about another one that'll have a different type. I, I, I've been joking. I didn't come up with it. I feel like fast 10 has to be like fast 10, your seatbelts. Like that's just like sitting there. That's a layup, right? Like that's, so I, let's put that out into, into the universe and hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully Justin brings it home. Uh, well, John, thank you so much for taking the time. We love nothing more than talking about these movies. So we really appreciate uh, discussing F9 with you. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for the time. Like I said at the top, no awards on this episode as we'll save our spoiler talk for the next installment. Thanks again to John Cena for joining us and digging deep. And it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It's like you could tell, Chanel, you said earlier, we're geeks about this. You get you get the feeling that like this isn't a, just a job for, for John. Like he's 
He's a fast fan. You know, he said the the first and the third ones are his favorites. So you got to respect that. And uh, so it's it's nice to geek out with another geek. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And I think uh, such a, a testament to this franchise that people, again, like come into it and they're excited to be here for very specific reasons because they connected with something in the movies. And he's a perfect example of that. And so it's like wonderful to be able to talk about it. Of course, we didn't get into spoilers, but even just him talking about working with all of these people, just the energy of that, it, it, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so thanks to John. Um, and like Brian O'Connor, we hope we earned your respect and that you keep listening to EW's Binge of the Fast Saga. We're getting so, so close to the end of the binge road. So we hope you stay strapped in for the ride. In the meantime, please subscribe and listen along every week wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, tell us what you think, share it with your friends and family. You can find us on Twitter at Derek J. Lawrence or me at Chanel Berlin. Also head to EW.com for complete coverage of the Fast Saga and full episode transcripts. This episode was hosted and produced by Derek Lawrence and Chanel Berlin Johnson, produced, edited, and mixed by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Carly Usden and Shana Naomi Crockmom. Thanks for listening, and until next time, salute me podcast familia.